Welcome to the Executive Minds Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Kevin Jennings. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Executive Minds Podcast. Kevin here with you and the whole gang is together, which is exciting. So COVID Jeff, Shane, style. COVID, COVID style. style. Yeah. <laughs> It just it just took a global pandemic to get us together. <laughs> that's that's right. That's right. Uh, so David joining us as well. What's up, Kevin? Hello, hello, sir. It's a pleasure to have you here. So guys, this is fantastic. So I, I, David threw out an idea to me that I thought was really fantastic. He said, "Hey, what would it look like if Jeff told us what it's like to have a lead a church that can't meet?" And I was like, "You know what? That makes me think about something else. Like, what does it mean for leading any organization or any team where?" You're used to getting together and you rely on it as a core part of what you do. So that might mean you lead a large team, obviously have a congregation. Uh, maybe if your team does work in person, like manufacturing or assembly line, we don't know. But if you have some part of your organization that really relies on being in the same space to do what you do, how are you responding? How do you, how do you take advantage of this moment? And once again, how are you pivoting as you respond to that? And each of these guys, lead large teams. And so I'm going to have them kind of speak to their context, speak to what they're used to doing, and then kind of what you've been doing today. And I mean, just a quick synopsis, like, hey, I lead a team meeting like this. And then we'll start to just share some of the best practices, round robin style, some mistakes you've made, some things that are going really well the last month or so. And then we'll kind of start to maybe figure out how we can extract some best practices for our listeners going forward. How's that sound? Sounds like a great plan. Sounds great. Awesome. So I'm going to go in the order of my screen. Uh, so how about this, Shane? Why don't you start off with you know, what, what you've been doing recently, what you're used to doing, and um, the way you're kind of using some of the online gatherings right now for your team? Yeah, well, let me begin with uh, as pre-COVID-19, uh, my specific role at Chick-fil-A um, is really around in-restaurant consulting. And so we are the consulting arm of Chick-fil-A that works individually with each of our locally owned franchisees. Um, And so we spend a good amount of our time uh, on airplanes um, in cities across the U.S. uh, consulting on a day-to-day basis with operators as they uh, lead their business. And so uh, a large part of our work is on the road. Um, So you can imagine when this hit, um, the impact that that had specifically around air travel, um, as well as just the economy in general. Uh, And what it forced us to do very quickly is to figure out a new means of communication. And so uh, we currently use a platform called BlueJeans, which is very similar to Zoom, um, other platforms out there like Microsoft Teams and others, uh, as a way to have ongoing and regular conversations, not only with individual franchisees, but multiples of uh, franchisees that get together on a regular basis. And then as well, doing that specifically with our team, our corporate headquarters uh, in South Atlanta is currently shut down and will be probably for at least staging out through m- much of the summer. And so a lot of our conversations with our teams, um, we call them region teams or market level teams, we are meeting virtually now as well. So we're learning a lot of lessons and hoping to glean a lot of lessons uh, moving forward. So Shane, before I go to go to David, just for the listeners, how smallest meeting for you on a week to week basis might look like what? And what's the what's the uh, largest meeting you're having online on a weekly or daily basis? Well, I, I think the smallest one would be typically one on one, a lot more one on one conversations. Usually, groups of two to three are about the size. My typical leadership team is around eight, 
And then um, on the large scale, we have franchisees from across the U.S. uh, in regions. And so we may get 200 operators together uh, or franchisees together at one time and leverage a video conferencing platform to have those conversations. Wow, that's a lot of people. Okay, that's fantastic. All right, David, uh, what about you? Love to hear some of the things you've been doing, what you normally do uh, prior to this moment in time. Yep. Well, like Shane, I work for Chick-fil-A and work out of our support center campus. The one he referenced is closed. Uh, My work is around restaurant experience. So we're an interesting collection of folks to do a lot of innovation and design work. We have chefs, we have engineers, we have designers, we have project leaders, innovators. Um, And we normally use a lot of innovation space. We have our own culinary center. We have innovation labs that we can uh, jump into an engineering lab. And uh, we don't have great access to that. If it's an emergency, we can send very small groups of people in right now, but we're not all there as a big team. So that, that creates some, uh, some fun challenges, but we're, we're getting creative. Um, my leadership team, we will uh, gather on a regular basis, and it's normally a group of five folks jumping on a blue jeans call, much like Zoom. And then we'll have larger gatherings as well. I met with my team at large yesterday, and there were over 70 of us on a big blue jeans call. And then uh, we're actually, we kind of roll up into marketing and we'll have marketing calls where there are as many as 250 of us on at one time. And then as Shane can attest, we'll have all staff calls. And in some cases, we'll pull all our operators in as well. And when you do that, you have to be kind of on a sort of an enterprise version of the, of the tool, but we have thousands of people on the same call. Now, we don't all show up on the screen together. We're really just kind of watching. It's like a streaming service, essentially, at that point. But what I'm finding is there's a lot of that to try to keep us connected. Uh, probably more frequency, shorter duration these days. Here's what's fascinating, Kevin, is maybe a bridge to Jeff. Actually, when we have chain-wide conversations with all of our franchisees or all of our staff, we're actually leveraging the same platforms that like a Gwinnett Church or North Point Church would or Passion City Church. These large churches, groups that are leveraging technology to, to broadcast across the world, we're actually having to tap into that technology to have some of these conversations. So it's just been really kind of interesting as you think about how we're trying to leverage technology different moving forward. Well, I guess in that way, we can say the church was ahead, which is fantastic to say on a technology level. Well, let's be so clear. Rare, <laughs> rare moment in history. Jeff Henderson is always ahead of us. And That's he's, also, he's also a lead, you know, a church pastor. So it's awesome. Well, well, Jeff, I mean, one of the things that's really fascinating I'd love for you to share, I mean, while we might be leading our team or dealing with our key partners, I mean, you have partners, you have team members, you have volunteers, and you have a congregation, and in many ways, you might have the community at large, and people would kind of expect you to step in and speak to them. Um, so I don't know how many audiences that might even be, four to five, that people expect Gwinnett Church to speak to in a time like this. So I'd love to hear what you might have been doing across all those communities and audiences prior to COVID-19, and then what you've been doing recently. One of the messages, Kevin, that I've been trying to say from day one since this hit is that we are not closed. Gwinnett Church is not closed. We've pivoted to a digital connection opportunity. Uh, This hit, and then shortly thereafter, it was Easter, and I heard a commentator, political commentator, say, for the first time in American history, uh, the church in America will be closed for Easter. So I immediately recorded a video and sent it out to the church and said, hey, I heard this commentator say this. I totally understand what he means, and I'm certainly going to miss not getting together with you in person, but I want to let you know 
Gwinnett Church is not closed for Easter. In fact, we're probably going to reach more people this Easter than ever before. So trying to shift that to a digital expression has been our, our, one of our primary emphasis in terms of the season. But it's not enough just to stream online content. And I think I, I see a lot of churches, obviously every church in the world has had to do this right now. And thankfully, we have the opportunity to do that. But that's monologue. In this season, you've got to have dialogue. And content is not king right now. Connection is. So people can get content from any pastor in the world right now. What they can't get is having a personal connection. So what we've been trying to do is to have live interactive experiences so that our community can see one another, can say hey to one another. In fact, I'm doing that later tonight. Uh, my daughter, Jesse, and I will be interviewing a friend of ours, Annie Downs, who lives up near UKEV. Annie's um, incredible. She's an author. She's a speaker. And uh, she's written a book called Brave, 100 Days to Brave. We're going to talk about um, well, I think this is a pretty important year to talk about being brave. So, but what will happen tonight is we'll stream this live on Instagram, but it's not just Jesse and me interviewing Annie. That's one thing. But what you'll see is people from Gwinnett Church hopping on and they'll go, oh, hey, Kevin, I miss you. Or, hey, Mary, I miss you. And then Jesse and I will go, oh, hey, there's, there's Susan. And, and that live interaction is what people are missing. And I know not every business can do that right now or not every organization, but I think the challenge right now, one of the goals or the things I've been telling other pastors and, and business leaders, honestly, is don't let customers get too accustomed to doing life without you. Because if you do that, once we get through this, they've been, however long this thing will go on, they will go weeks or maybe months without doing life with you. We don't want that. So we have a plan of live interaction with our community. And the way I've presented this to our team is I want us to think of Gwinnett Church as a live interactive television station. That every night we have programming that comes out just like CBS, just like NBC, but it's not just monologue. It's opportunities for them to see us, to see one another, and it's the three-way dialogue. And I actually think that is the future of the local church. So that Sundays, you gather for a live studio audience, if you will. I still believe in live gatherings. But this kind of connectivity throughout the week, that's what this season has made possible. So long answer to your great question, but that's what we've been doing. In addition, we've branched out to other people in our community. So yesterday I recorded um, an interview. We're doing a Gwinnett County Business Breakfast online this coming Wednesday with the Gwinnett County Chamber, of, uh, president of the Gwinnett County Chamber of Commerce, just getting his take on when, is Gwinnett County, when are Gwinnett County businesses going to be back? What's this going to look like? And it's an opportunity for us to have a bigger impact than just staying in the, you know, the, the church is kind of notorious for staying in its church bubble. And so we wanted to get, get outside of that. So this kind of um, live interaction, three-way dialogue, I think is really, really important. Monologue's important, but dialogue um, is more, way more important, especially in this season. First of all, it's really interesting and profound. Before I throw to each of you to kind of share some of the, the mistakes you've made and some of you've already learned uh, over this month. Uh, Jeff, I want to ask you one question as well. What has it meant for your team? I mean, your team is used to, well, I mean, while we might have had a flexible schedule or some people were in the office, people didn't. And you also have a, you know, a volunteer workforce, for, you know, for lack of a better phrase, that is hundreds of people as well. How have you navigated connecting with those individuals, your team, and also your volunteers in this time? 
Well, one of, and I got this from Shane. I, I shared this with our team. Uh, Shane came up with this great two-word description called remember when. And when we get through this, Shane reminded me, we're all going to say remember when. And I want to be able for our team to have something that comes really good. Remember when the virus hit, but we did this. Remember when we couldn't go to the office, but we did that. And one of the things that I told our team is that I want us to be as personable as possible in these days, because the more personable, the more memorable. So I want people from a year to now go, you know what, when the virus hit, Gwinnett Church called me at my house. So we distributed uh, a list of people that our staff is currently calling, and we're tracking that. So right now we're at 43%. 43% of people in our church have been called by a Gwinnett Church staff person. And the goal is just simply to say, hey, we're just checking in to see how you're doing today. And I, I want our team. So, so, and it's the same with Chick-fil-A. There are right now, there are people that are slammed with work and there are people that don't have anything to do necessarily. So we wanted to balance that out. We have a, we have a lot of people. There are people now that are working more hours than ever before because we're having to get content out um, five days early. But there are people that might not have as much to do because their job is connected to physical gatherings. So the fact that they have a list of people that they're calling is a really, really important um, thing. And then I think, you know, I've tried, I have a goal, I'm, I'm not perfect at this, but I have a goal on our staff communication channel to do something every day. And so um, that's, that's a goal for mine. It could be a Bible verse. It could be something I'm reading. Um, it could be something silly. Like I took, uh, shot a video and said, hey, it looks like my hair's turning gray. Should I color it or should I let it go gray naturally? And they all voted on what it was. And so only two people said to color it. So it was some of that thing. I think sometimes I have a tendency to be so serious that I want to make sure that we can still have some fun. And so we have a team. Uh, we have actually a trivia contest going on at, at 3 o'clock today. And it's just an opportunity for people to stay connected. But I, I'm, I've encouraged our team to think out of the box. So last night, we're doing, for our preschool families, we do a Bible story reading at night. They all log on, and there's a guy, uh, Al Causey, that actually just doesn't read a Bible story. He makes up a Bible, it's kind of an improv Bible story, which could be a little problematic um, if, it, if it goes off the rails, but Al's done really good the last couple of weeks. So trying to stay connected with our team. They don't know this yet, so I hope none of them listens to the, I know we have several Gwinnett Church staffers that do, but I'm writing a personal handwritten note to every staff member right now, just to say, I'm praying for you. Here's the particular passage I prayed for you today. So that when you get this on whatever day that you get this, here's the date I'm writing this note. I prayed this passage for you and your family today. Um, and so I'm trying to work through those. I've written three or four a day. So I don't think you can over communicate in this, in this season for your team. But to your point for me, I've got the team and then I have the church. So I probably have in the early weeks focused more on the church and I got to try to balance the, the staff as well. But we've got a great team to help do that. But I think that communication piece, just consistent communication, even if you have nothing to say, come up with something to say really, you know, really briefly. Well, obviously, Jeff gave us, you gave us a ton uh, in that time you spoke. 
what's the podcast for when the mentors are getting mentored? Like that's how I, <laughs> I know. Right I, now. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I know. I, 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 just, just real quick, Kevin, let me go over. If you were listening and you missed all these, let me give you some real bullet points of what Jeff just said because they're huge. I love it. Content. This is segment is right called now. Show Notes from Shane. I go mean, right ahead, Shane. <laughs> I was just taking notes left and right here. I'm like, content is not king. Connection is. I love this personal handwritten notes. Be as personal as possible. Uh, do something every day. Um, I love this live interactive television station. Think about Gwinnett Church as a live interaction television station. The question I had after that one, is there going to be, similar to the Mr. Rogers show, a Mr. Henderson show where you <laughs> come in with the sweater vest and you put your shoes on and you talk to to your uh, your church congregation? I love it. But so much richness in this. And I do think what I love, I've always loved about you, Jeff, is you take advantage of unexpected opportunity. And I think a lot of people, if you're not careful, you, you miss the opportunity that we're in. And my favorite definition of luck is being prepared when there's unexpected opportunity. That's that luck is. It's like, okay, they'll say, well, Gwinnett Church got lucky. No, they were prepared to take advantage of an unexpected opportunity and you leverage that. And so um, I, I think I would not be surprised if right now your church is growing, you've told us that online, absolutely, it's growing right now. So some great lessons in that. And um, so I just appreciate it. I was taking a ton of notes as you were talking. Well, thanks. There's a ton there. Yeah, we, we, learned, we learned that from Truett, you know, take, take advantage of unexpected yep. opportunities. Uh, one of the guys I interviewed yesterday for some of the stuff we're doing is Mark Cole, who's the president of the John Maxwell Company. He said something about this that John said. He goes, I envy leaders in this season. And I thought, okay, why do you envy leaders? He said, you can try things right now. And if it doesn't work, just blame the virus. And I thought, that's awesome. So we should, as leaders, we should be more courageous to go, you know what? I've never currently gone through a global pandemic. I'm making this up as we go along. This gives you, I mean, we we don't want to do stupid stuff, but I do think it allows us to try some things without the risk of failure because you can always, hey, I'm just trying to make this up as we go along. No, well said, well said. So what I'd love to do uh, in the time we have left is just kind of run through even round robin. I mean, just one, even one thing each until you kind of run out of ideas. Just some things you've learned that just didn't work. And and I, because I think to what Jeff just said, I think we will hear you all on this podcast. I mean, as a group, I think we're fairly eloquent. And I think we have a good job of of communicating the lessons in a way that maybe sounds nice and neat and takes away uh, some of that, that sting. And I think, you know, there's no way you're meeting with 70 or 250 or thousands of people every week and everything's going according to plan when this wasn't the plan eight weeks ago. And so I'd love to just kind of share, and we'll start with you, Shane, again, like just something you tried with your team that you're just like, you know what? It just didn't go as I thought. So I probably wouldn't recommend this to those who are listening. Well, I think this to begin with uh, making some assumptions that just because you can see everybody on a screen that the meeting's going to go just as well. And there are some nuances with body language and things like that in a typical setting that you can pick up on that you just can't pick up on in a, a video conference setting. So I think a lesson that we learned very quickly was that there had to be some new social norms that we had to uh, have a, a little tighter agenda, have some norms around putting microphones on mute, uh, raising questions, leveraging the chat function 
in any type of platform that has been a huge help for us. And it's actually been kind of a new best practice or discipline that we've picked up, but not assuming, you know, there is delay in typical video conferencing. And so you've probably seen some of the spoofs online about some of that. Um, and so we've just learned very quickly that we had to do meetings differently when we were leveraging technology. Now we actually think they're actually better now than a typical meeting would have been uh, oftentimes uh, in real life. But um, it uh, is definitely some life lessons there at the, be the beginning for sure. That's great. David, anything you want to add to that? Well, I'll say ditto to what Shane said. I'll add what may be a corollary. At the same time, there are norms. I think it's important just to be real and to extend grace to people that are um, showing up on these virtual meetings. You know, right now, this may not be the case on an ongoing basis, but we have folks that are trying to take care of kids and, uh, you know, be the principal of their own homeschool. So there's a lot of life going on on top of uh, the, the work meeting that you may be part of. Uh, but I'm actually finding that I, I feel like I'm getting to know people in a, a personal way that's different than before. I mean, you're seeing inside their home in many cases, you're seeing their dog pop up in their lap. You get to see their kids. It just sort of makes it real. And we've actually had some fun on our team with people sharing a little bit about their family, their pets, their home situation that I think actually strengthens our connection with one another. That's great. That's great. Uh, Jeff, anything you try that maybe, you know, either didn't work or you had to kind of pivot even as you went through this? I have a personal mistake. And you have to understand, so when the governor was initially looked like he was going to shut down the state, our team scrambled and put up a mini studio in our dining room. So we move our dining room table. I still have it in here. We have lights, a little camera and all that. So I've been recording my sermons, uh, videos, everything from our dining room. And I just, I didn't really inform Wendy, Jesse, and Cole sometimes that, by the way, I have a three o'clock taping today. And when I have a three o'clock taping, that means somebody's got to take care of the dog. Nobody run the dishwasher. You know, everybody has to be quiet for this, this time. And I just failed to inform them because, you know, before when we were at Gwinnett Church, I mean, it would be on my calendar, but they didn't, ha it didn't affect what was happening in our home. Now, when there's something that's happening at Gwinnett Church that I have to record, everybody has to be quiet, make sure that Ellie doesn't bark, all that kind of stuff. So I've had to go, okay, in a couple of days, I'm going to record this just to make sure that, you know, I mean, and they've been, they've been awesome. They've been troopers. You should actually go on to the Gwinnett Church site and see two weeks ago, they actually recorded, they did imitations of me because they've heard all my jokes and they gave some of the best Jeff Henderson jokes that they've heard because they've heard it like a million times. And they actually did a really good job imitating me. But I've had to make sure that, oh, by the way, um, Gwinnett Church has invaded our home, but that doesn't mean that, that I need to catch you off guard. So I do think that's an, an important point for leaders to make sure that as we shift, because I think as leaders, in some ways, crisis like this energizes us. Um, and I, I don't think that's a bad thing. But there might be a price sometimes that we're paying with our and our personal relationships that we got to make sure that we're not doing that. So as this thing has actually literally invaded our home, <laughs> I've had to make, do a better job of going, Hey, can, can, is it okay if I do a three o'clock taping on Tuesday? Wow. That's so I, honestly, I think that for me, my, my, I have a four-year-old daughter and um, she's an extrovert and wants to be with her friends so badly. And me and her mother want her to be there with her friends because we don't, we are no substitute for the energy of other uh, four-year-olds at preschool. And I have not thought about that enough. I think Leah has just done such a great job of kind of giving me a, a, a shield 
um, that I haven't just done the parsing. Hey, no, this is this is probably a let's lay this out on Monday. Hey, I've got this going on. It's going to require silence. I mean, silencing a four year old uh, for any period of time is difficult. Um, and so that yeah, that's that's such good advice to think about. You know, even no matter how well you're doing this at at home, you have to you have a team. Uh, at home that's still still being impacted uh, by this and in many ways for leaders you know if in a male or female you've probably married someone who complements you in a way that is different which means if problems energize you they might be draining the person you're with every single day and you're walking around thinking of all the cool things you're going to solve and ways you're going to leverage the opportunity while the person you're with may be sitting at home saying when will this just end? All I want this to do is end. I want this to go back to normal as fast as I can, but I may not even feel like I can go back because I don't have enough information about what's happening. Um, and so I just want to uh, encourage that. So let's just wrap this up by really going around, if you don't mind, one more time. And I'd love for you just to share, I mean, obviously Jeff laid out a bunch of great ideas on the front end, but I'd love if there's something you really recommend that people do as they approach engaging people they used to engage in person, especially groups. Like I said, I mean, Shane obviously gave a lot of great things about one-on-one, but if you if you rely on group connection in any shape, form, or fashion for your organization or your team or your church, what might you suggest they consider doing in this time to leverage what they have? And we'll kind of stick the same format. So Shane, why don't you kick us off? Well, I'm going to go back to an earlier podcast we did a long time ago about dressing for success and showing up in the workplace uh, in professional attire, what that looks like. And, you know, this has been a really uh, an interesting kind of experiment for us as well. And so I laugh. I'm just going to share this with no name, but I can remember getting on a conference call. It was with a lot of business consultants. It was late in the afternoon, but we we had we had an individual no hasn't had a razor in probably four weeks was wearing a muscle shirt had a pretty hairy exterior it was like he looked like he was going ready to get ready to work out and uh it just (laughs) it just uh it really kind of got me thinking about you know how are we showing up in business meetings as leaders what does that look like and so lighting has a huge impact on you don't want to look like you're in the back of a closet on a video call, right? You, you, lighting is really, really important. Um, so in my office, I actually have the appropriate amount of lighting so that my team or whoever I'm talking to can actually see me. And I think the same holds true with what you're wearing. Now, granted, most of us probably right now are in a pair of shorts with no shoes, but at least from the waist up, you've got some professional attire on. And I think those are some things that we've picked up on in this new season of doing business. We, we need to still come across as professionals. And so you got to pay attention to that as you think about how you're showing up and what your online presence looks like. Man, that's solid, Shane. That's great. David, what about you? Any, any uh, tips for those who are listening? Well, I'll make this kind of my final word, Kev. Uh, I'm not going back. At least I'm not going back all the way. I feel like I've learned too much from this. Um, I'm finding it's easier for me to actually get with people that previously I was struggling to get with. My schedule was just back-to-back, trying to get face-to-face meetings, not enough margin. And now that uh, a virtual meeting is a tool in the toolkit, and we've all had to learn it, it wasn't just me, it wasn't just somebody else, we've all had to school up on it, it's a new tool. And so I can get with people just even for us. I mean, it was hard for us to get together and here we all are 
uh, on a Zoom call doing this recording right now. So I want to keep this as, as a tool and toolkit. doesn't mean I'm not going to have face-to-face meetings or physical, physical gatherings. We all look forward to doing that, but I'm not going to assume that's the solution to everything. And, and so I am not going to go back uh, to life as I knew it. I'm going to make sure I pivot, learn from this, extract all the value out of this crisis as I can, and, and come back and define a new normal. Yeah, that's great, David. That's great. Jeff, anything from you, sir, as far as like a final tip for those who, who are just trying to make sure they do this well going forward? I think this, you know, one of the questions that is a great question to ask is what does the season make possible? And I think this season makes um, the opportunity to skill up more now than ever before. So I'll give you just some basic examples. I'm watching YouTube tutorial videos on Google Office Suite. I have pretended and I've been, I've been a fake at this. I've pretended to actually know how Dropbox works. So I'm watching Dropbox tutorial videos on YouTube. Now, you may be Dropbox experts. You may be Google, Google Office Suite experts. Well, there's probably something that you're not an expert on that you've always wanted to. Maybe you're a local business person. and You've always wanted to understand how to leverage Instagram. Well, you need to go to YouTube and just search Instagram tutorials. They're free and they're sitting there for you. And some are better than others, but you can see the rankings on them. So how are you going to skill up in this season? Because the, the economy is going to be different. Um, I heard from one of the interviews I did yesterday that the economy will rebound, but it's probably going to be a U-shaped versus a V-shape. It's probably once we reopen, it's not just going to go immediately back. Um, but in this new season, how can you skill up? and not get left get left behind. And then I would also, we mentioned this before, and this is, this is our teams are doing this at Gwinnett Church, but I'll give you an example. If you're a guest services volunteer, that means that you really love engaging with people, and that's been taken away from you, you know, in some sense, at least in, in person. So what our team with our guest services um, teams do is they, 15 minutes before our Sunday morning online experiences, they gather together on Instagram live. And the strategy is just to say, Hey, and they may interview like Wendy was on this week and they interviewed Wendy. I was on a couple of weeks ago, but it's just an opportunity for us to stay connected as a team and whatever you can do to strengthen the bond of your community right now will help you once we get through this. And I do think it's important to tell people we will get through this. I want to be, back to Shane's point, remember when, I want to be on the other side of and saying, you know what? I didn't deny the reality of this, but I spoke hope and I was calm and I was clear in uncertainty, but I was clear to go, we're going to get through this because we always have. Um, and I, that the reason I have faith in that is I believe there's a God that's directing the story doesn't mean we deny the reality and diminish the challenges, but I want to look back and go, you know what? I spoke in hope. I spoke with calm. I spoke with clarity. And that's what I want my story to be written. So we're all writing a story right now. And again, I'm just taking this off of Shane's um, two words, remember when. We're actually working on a, just so you know, we may give you a small credit, Shane, probably not, but we're doing this video that says remember when. And it's, it's images of Gwinnett County that is just, there's nobody in the stores, there's nobody on the streets, but the remember when that we still were a community, we still took care of one another, we came through this stronger and now we're better. So we'll be releasing that video once we get a little bit closer into how this thing's going to play out. 
That's awesome. Well, if there's anything I would just want to close with, it'll be please try. Just try. I, I think, and I so if you're a person who's still somewhat, I mean, I get it. We're, each of us, you feel like the finish line keeps moving, you know, and you feel like, oh, they, well, they opened up. Well, well, they didn't open up. Well, that's open. You know, I get it. And so, I mean, that's probably my biggest frustration. I'll share with my wife before we jumped on today. I was like, where is the plan? I, like, I just want to see someone somewhere say, hey, we get it. But here's our plan, right? I mean, I'm I, I using you all as an example for Chick-fil-A. It's like, Chick-fil-A said, we have a plan. Hey, we're going to give everybody a mask. Trader Joe said, we have a, we're going to give everybody a mask. We're going to close down and clean up this time of the day. We're going to make sure you have to sit in a, a line with weight. And so There was clarity when I engaged with certain businesses. I'm like, where is that with my local school? Where is that with my local government? Just a plan. And I'm not trying to vent. I'm just saying, so if you're on the sideline saying, I just waiting for the finish line, do not wait for the finish line. You have to try. So I'd rather you take any of the things you've heard today, give them a shot, try for one week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever you want to set as a goal, stop and evaluate. Because I think that in and of itself is something. And, and to Jeff's point, you're going to likely get a lot of grace by saying, let's try this community. And we've seen in every city, every state where people have tried to preserve the old way of doing things, they're finding trouble. There have been stories of pastors who said, we're meeting anyway, and that pastor died of COVID-19 by trying to make things go the way they went before. There are stories of, of people in much big trouble because they just didn't give it a shot to try something different. And so we encourage different. If you're a listener to this podcast, we believe in you. You're already the type of person that probably sees possibility and we recognize that in you. We're probably preaching to the choir, but we do want to remind you to not give up hope and to try. You can do that. And I want to thank each of you guys for your sharing. I know that once again, these lessons might come out eloquently, but they're still hard fought lessons that probably include way more bumps and bruises than we'll ever understand or know. And we're grateful for you all sharing. And we're grateful for you being a part of this community. In fact, that's how we're helping. We have a community called the Mentor Network. And we want to invite you to join us there. There are other professionals like you who are navigating a ton of situations, whether it be unemployment, whether it be, I just started a business and had just quit my job back in January. What am I going to do? Um, maybe you're busier than ever and you're working, you know, 70 hour weeks trying to support your organization in a trying time and trying to figure it all out with a family at home. We know that everybody's situation is different, but we are stronger and better together. And so we want to invite you to join that community for free uh, right now in this time. And after that, $5.99 a month for a community that, you know, we, we believe we can add more value than that. But please give it a shot. If you just head over to wearementor.co, wearementor.co, and click on uh, the network link, we will happily and welcome, uh, be excited to invite you and welcome you in to join us and other people like you. And you can share questions to the community and we're here to help. So that's one we want to make sure we're trying to support you uh, in addition to this podcast uh, during this time. And please subscribe to the podcast, share with a friend, uh, forward this episode to somebody you know needs to hear it. Whatever way you, uh, you, you know you feel you can share this with somebody else, we, we love you to do that. And um, that's it. So thank you again to each of you. Thank you for listening. And we hope to have you join us next time on the Executive Minds Podcast. Thank you.